Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the Grand Melee at the Steps of the Faith. We've got our two combatants here, the Army of Ishgard and the Eorzean Alliance. What do you expect to see happen today, Phil? Well, you know, David, I think we're gonna put we're gonna put up a good match here. I think mm. the Ishgardians they've been training for this for almost three days now. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think you know the Alliance they outnumber them. They've got more folks on the field. They've got more folks on the field. That's for sure. They've got the bull. They've got tall woman with gun. They've got glowing staff lady. They've got plenty of combatants to fight the Ishgardians, but, oh, and the action is underway. Before we get any further, let's remind our new viewers what the rules of the Grand Melee are. Yes. Well, of course, as you know, there are approximately 400 combatants, mm. each one individually numbered, and we'll be tracking them and giving you coverage on each of their actions. Absolutely. And the objective of the game is to get 100 points. And to score one point, you must knock a combatant out, reach into their mouth, and pull out a tooth. Then you grab the tooth and you put it into the tooth basket in the end of the opposite goal. Now, some of these folks on the field, they're worth 10 points. You can tell because of the giant mystical chain that is attached to their back. The chain whips around at random. If it selects you, you become a high primary target. So you, do want, you want to avoid the gaze of the chain. You definitely want to avoid that chain. That chain will take out 10 of your teeth on its own if you are knocked out. Great. The next rule of the game is that if uh, the sun is in the air at a 45 degree angle, anyone who looks directly into the sun has to run all the way back to the back of their own end zone. Now, this rule doesn't come up very often because most folks don't look directly into the sun. But of course, the famous match in 977 did go to uh, disqualification on mutual parties because everyone looked into the sun at the same mm -hmm. time and they all crashed into each other as they ran to the end. That's right, Phil. That was a horrible, gruesome scene. And finally, the most important rule of all, if there are any cyclopses nearby in the battlefield the entire match will be ruined and we will have to start over this is how most grand melees end of course this happens i'd say what in 90 95 percent of attempted grand melees but we usually get a good one eventually i believe the exact percentage is 94.2 percent of grand melees but you know, yes i'm checking the stats here you are correct thank you thank you phil all right it looks like um everyone on the battlefield is now dead oh what there was an explosion of light i i think I think there was a limit break. I think that is what happened as well. Well, it looks like the one person standing is wearing Ishgardian colors, so congrats to Ishgard, and my condolences to everyone on the battlefield and their families. This episode of Stormbuds, we find a few of our missing Scion friends, we quell a rebellion with a grand melee, and we have a perfectly peaceful diplomatic meeting with dragons that definitely doesn't go wrong. I'm your warrior of light, Jerome Barbatus, and I'm joined by my co-warrior of light, Alex Hambrock. Hello, hello, hello. What's all this done? It's a lot. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. We cover. We are going to cover um, the... Well, okay. We, we are Stormbuds, Final Fantasy XIV watch or rewatch, play and replay podcast. We are going to cover the content of patches 3.1 and 3.2 of the main story quest of Final Fantasy XIV, uh, so titled As Goes Light, So Goes Darkness, and The Gears of Change. So, we are now past the point in the story where I began. So, 
when I was playing and playing this game, these patches were coming out concurrently with me. So I have experience. I have, Part of my experience with these quests was that everyone else was also yes. doing them for the first time. Yes. So we were, I have a bit more of a memory of like how people reacted and speculated and things like that. And there are some speculations I want to, I want to pull up later. I was like, oh, about to. And then I was like, I can't really pull up what people thought and without probably coloring your perception of what might happen. But okay. Well, we'll I like, there. I was doing some, I was doing some research about some of this stuff and, and like, oh yeah, people did think what this was going to happen. And it's, it's interesting what people thought six years ago. Um, anyway, don't even know why I brought it up, but I did. That's part of the process, baby. Um, we plan these podcasts exceedingly far in advance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so the, do we oh, get right into it? I'm just going to get right into it. We have a lot to cover with these, just these two patches. We wanted to break this down a bit further, but we're still probably going to have a freaking 80 minute episode. So let's get into it. Uh, the quest. So if you have forgotten, um, you know, we're back after a bit of a break. We finished the Heavensward main story quest. We, we killed the Pope and we stopped. And then at the end of that thing, uh, Estinian grabbed two. Nidhogg. He grabbed two of his two Nidhogg's eyes, and Nidhogg's ether overtook his form. Right. Uh, cool. So the next quest is called an uncertain future. So we have uh, an agenda to kind of complete with regards to our missing comrades. Yeah, Tataru has been doing a lot of research, tracking down other scions. She has a number of leads. You know, mm-hmm. different directions we can go. And uh, she's like, you should go check the, we should go check all these out. And then yes. Emmerich calls us in. He's like, nope, wait, this is more urgent. Well, we did learn at this time that Flamine was on a stowaway ship to Radzat Han. That's and right. She okay. and Hori Boulder and Coltonet are headed back to, are, are, are headed back. Well, they're going to be back in the continent soon. Emmerich has summoned us to discuss something. Ooh. Turns out the Archbishop's seat is up for grabs. Uh-oh. Yeah, I mean, he's taking it temporarily, but uh, normally the houses and the clergy get to name a new archbishop. But mm-hmm. um, Emmerich's not so certain about all of that. I mean, he spilled the entire story, the history of the war and all of it. He had to. Turns out a lot of people in the city don't like it, and they yeah. kind of doubt the whole thing. There's a couple of things here. Um, he kind of had to because somebody rode in on a dragon into sure. the middle of a town and was like, what the fuck was that about? And he was like, well... <laughs> we did do that. We, we, did, we did do that. Um, yeah, he... he, he we're considering not having that position anymore, given that it seems like mm, a bad idea. A lot of people, though, don't believe it, though, because, you know, they've been kind of, uh, I guess, is groomed the right word to? Well, I mean, just acculturated. I mean, this, yeah. this is their culture, right? This is a thousand years of sort of like cultural hatred of dragons and war with dragons and persecution by dragons. And mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot I'm going to want to talk about the relationship mm-hmm. the Ishgardians have to the Dragon Song War. It's going to come up, I think, as we get into the, the second patch content. Well, if we're focusing on our goal here of ending the Dragon Song War, let's begin with some diplomacy with dragons. How's that sound? Yes. Lucia and Emmerich want us to come with them to go and talk to the dragons and see if we can, you know, make a deal happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a lovely cutscene narrated by Edmond about you know whatever fancy stuff it's great writing but i didn't write any of it down just that people find it difficult to accept that a cause they thought Mm. was just was actually the fault of their forefathers honestly he's correct Mm -hmm. i don't surprise anyone's able to grapple with that emmerich's doing surprisingly well at it we're gonna well this is what this whole thing is about right is the people trying to reckon with and figure out if they're okay sort of letting this ancient grudge go right so off we go on to the next quest breaking the cycle 
Uh, Lucia and Vidofnir have a lovely chat about, well, breaking the cycle of uh, man, the war between man and dragon. Um, and ultimately, the conversation boils down to Vidofnir needing to wait for two reasons. One, so that one to get kind of the consent and message from her father, Hrace Felger. And the other are the Nathar becoming bold again. What could that mean? Uh, I guess we'll deal with it. I guess but, we'll just go deal with it. But Lucy's like, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll hang out and wait for both those things to be resolved. And I was like, wow, you're very chill about this, given how urgently we came out here. Well, Vidafdir did, to- did assure us that within her lifetime, she would have a response. Vidafdir <laughs> appears to be, what, a few thousand years old? <laughs> so <laughs> She's great. Uh, so we're like, okay, great. Well, I guess we're just going to wait and deal with that other thing with regards to Tataru and the search for missing scions, right? We are then taken to the next quest, another time, another place. <gasps> and we are met with... Well, we are... So we've we met... Meet, we meet Ustola. We meet Ustola and, um, and Tataru, right? I, I don't remember. I don't but remember. Um, but anyway, the point being that we're going to find a scholar mm-hmm. who ends up being a Lalafell named Krill? Krile. 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 Oh, Krile. We meet Krile. She is uh, the student of Valdesian um, from Charlene. Of course, she is well familiar with Alfino and the crew. She's one of his old teachers. She loves she roasting is, him. She is. And most, most, yes. And <laughs> most notably, she is the best friend of Minfilia. Um, she was whom Minfilia was kind of searching after when the Isle of Val mysteriously disappeared. And she has a plan. She thinks that she can follow Thancred's etheric trail, similar to how we found Ishtola. I mean, same principle. They both got sucked mm-hmm. into the ether by the spell. But she needs Matoya's crystal eye to do it. So yeah. we're going to go see the witch and ask her for her crystal eye. So yeah, she's not going to be thrilled with that. Uh, next quest, Into the Eye of the Beholder. Uh, correct. She's not thrilled. <laughs> she's immediately like, what do you want? <laughs> um, oh, beep, 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 beep. Isle of Val watch. Isle of Valwatch. Yeah, destro- destroyed by giant mysterious force. Still missing. All right, that was the Isle of Valwatch. No, but thankfully, Kryl <laughs> reveals that she was there and she was saved by the Blessing of Light, yeah, similar yeah. to how Heidelin has kind of intervened to save us a few times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so she has a vested interest in finding Minfilia, just like everyone else. Matoya's like, oh, fine, I guess. You guys only come for my artifacts. You, you don't, don't need my, my year, you don't need for my years of worldly experience helping you figure out these problems. You just think you know everything. Fine, here's this stupid rock. Um Kral's blessing Kral talks about her blessing of light a little bit here and she's so like it, it manifests differently in everyone. It's not so much a combat thing. She's a communicator with the world similar to Minfilia, I guess, but not so much with Heidel and Minfilia's was all about like talking to talking to mom. And like, um, and Kryles is more about talking to the planet. And little lore bit we get here, the the eye thing is like, mm. it's a crystal that warriors of light would talk to, used to talk to Heidelin because it's an older one. It's stronger because Heidelin used to be stronger in the past. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's like that comes back a little bit later. I yeah. think they're starting to sort of lay some groundwork for the progression of time and how mm-hmm. this whole war between Heidelin and the Asians and everything has been going. Yeah. Um. So we end up using her ultra crystal to find Thancred. And hey, turns out he was in, it was just in Javania this whole time. Mm-hmm. Hanging out. We, uh, we, uh, Hanging out is a good choice of words. <laughs> the tail feather hunt. We go we to go tail feather around. and we, we ask uh, the tail feather hunters. They give us a clue as well as a hint that there's like, they're like, okay, yeah, we saw somebody who was killing a bandersnatch with a lot of panache. <laughs> that was weird. Uh, there was another here and out there with an ax. 
weird, whatever, not our problem. Anyway, a little slow, a little late leads into the next quest. So we're like, okay, we hear that he's, we, we that he, some, like a Vath came by earlier and asked for some clothes for a gentleman of refinement. Um, so what it turns Definitely out, um, it turns out he woke up nude and he had the Vath to help him get clothes in exchange for the meat and stuff. But now the the vast storyteller tells us all this and now the vast storyteller says okay anyway he went off to go fight ravana because that's what the nath are doing and we're like damn it oh okay go deal with this shit again <laughs> so we run into ravana who has been slain by a, a person a with an axe a different party of adventurers weird somebody with an axe that they just mentioned that they just hinted at and we approach them and we get an echo vision mm-hmm. we get an echo vision of him and his party trying to destroy an Asian with a blast of powerful white light. You know, the kind of stuff that we normally do. Yeah. Also notable, they all seem to grab their heads. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. At the same time as we did. So that's, they also learn about a little bit about us. <laughs> yes. He greets me as the warrior of light and the savior of Eorzea. And the mm-hmm. way he says it, he doesn't sound thrilled. Not su- uh, not great. And so uh, Kryle and Yashtola are like, oh, so it seems like we have, a, or Alphino says, seems like we have a common enemy. Why don't we? Why don't you tell us about who you are? And then he's like, why don't we show you? And they beat the ever-living shit out of Yashtola. (laughs) (laughs) They're really strong. They have lots of cool abilities that involve, like, giant, like, things falling from the sky and cool axe wings and stuff. They are certainly warriors. And um, they, uh, uh, it looks like Yashtola is kind of down for the, actually, no, Yashtola is occupied with the paladin of the group. And then the warrior is charging at us. But his uh, his advance is stopped uh, in his tracks by a knife flying from the Air. from the heavens, and it pans up and Thancred, our boy Thancred, he jumps on down and he kicks he is, that guy he in is the face, standing brutally. And yes, he does jump down and kick him right in the head. Much much different outfit, much different look now. Uh, Thancred is back, and he uh, and. He and uh, the warriors have a really well animated fight sequence here. It's very cool. Uh, they do a really good job of like adding a bit of loopiness and kind of very a very expressive modality to these faces that is very infrequently used in this game. Like they they look pissed or something and crazy almost. Uh, yeah. So Thankard saves the day, and then they just kind of. They tell us that they're the warriors of darkness, they and they walk they a different are. path. I like I like these guys already. They're, they're really they're incredible. I I am sure it'll come up more later, but again, it is so interesting that like Heidelin has no political affiliation, right? Like whatever her interests are on Earth and whatever mm. like she is trying. I assume the warriors of darkness also have the blessing of light, or the blessing of darkness, or uh, you know, what? let's let's come back to this. Yeah. I guess <laughs> they, they got something. They um so when they fend off. I mean, Alpha Note's kind of like, Warriors are darkness. What are they, copying us? Anyway, the <laughs> Thankard then recounts his nudity details. We get a little we get a little bit, uh, a couple of sepia tone vignettes of Thankard being naked and cleverly censored by an appropriately placed squirrel. We deduce that the Warriors of Darkness must have the Echo because of the primal shit, though. Yes, okay, right. Because so, they just killed Ravana with the Echo. But, like, assuming it's not some weird, like, I don't know, Zodiac version of the Echo or whatever. Maybe. If they have Hadland's version of the Echo, again, the idea that, like, whatever her interests are on Earth, whatever her objectives are in terms of channeling this power into individuals, they don't necessarily map cleanly onto our understanding of, like, who the good guys and the bad guys are. Maybe, maybe not. Um, it would not surprise me if at some point we get like a Garlean who has the echo, which would be interesting. 
Next quest is the Dreams of the Lost. Uh, Ravana's dead. Yeah, dragons will come help us now. Yeah, and Alpha and I was like, um, well, how are our goals opposed if they also oppose primals? And why haven't we heard of them before? We used to yes. search for people with this talent, which is how they found me. Yeah, like, like where, where did suddenly five of them come from? <laughs> We've been looking all over. They've just been in here this whole time in Ishgard? Maybe, because like, I don't know. I guess, they okay. Really have a f- anyway, we're like, okay, well, hey, Ravan is dealt with. Might as well go back, back and check with uh, Vidofnir and see if uh, we she's heard anything back. And mm-hmm. she has. She, she has heard back from Hracefelger, and he seems impressed by the path that Ysail walked and the sacrifice that she made. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so it's like, okay, well, Vidofnir is going to go back and try and talk the dragons into talking peace with us. Mm-hmm. And then we get a voiceover. We get a flashback to Ishgard. We get a flashback to Ishgard, and uh, Emmerich, Emma, and Artoirel are, I believe, walking at night. Uh, and Emmerich winds up with a knife in his gut from somebody passing by. <laughs> yeah, just like r- really. <laughs> just like a fucking steak knife, too. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> like it's like a real ass, <laughs> just Outback Steakhouse knife, maybe. just right in his liver. Maybe if you're the temporary archbishop, don't go walking the streets at night. Yeah, but seriously. That was a bad choice. I I don't know. At this point, like, I almost thought maybe they're killing off Emmerich here, but it wasn't quite dramatic enough for it really mm-hmm. to be how he went out. So it's no surprise to get back and find out he's just really wounded. Yeah. They're just pissed at him. Mm-hmm. They think that he's a tyrant and a patricide. Well, he's one of those things. Against the dying of the light is the following quest. Time to quell the rebellion. God, fine, fine, whatever. The city's on fire. The city's like literally burning down, but um, as we split up and search for clues, we realize like, oh, but like, it's not like burning, burning. These fires are being lit in a way to like uh-huh. s- seemingly cause damage chaos. without actually like you know causing any damage to the infrastructure. Right. So we got like, well, okay, I guess we we need we need clues, and who better to find give us clues than Amenalan? Uh, we go check with him. He um d- doesn't know shit. So we move. <laughs> well, no, he knows one thing. Oh. He knows that like refugees, I think oh, yeah. the people who got forced up by the fire have been being accepted in by like the church to like, hey, come here, get food, get shelter, etc. Yeah, well, I'm sure that's nothing. Yet again, uh, Madeline does not help us that much. But the, okay, so we look so, around a bit yeah. more. You know, um, he, but Thankard makes a notice that like the the fires set are um, minor damage, and then. And then, like, okay, they're also just around, specifically, they're around the churches. Which they're like, like, that's weird, right? Well, it the is. Church and, and the school. The stuff we're setting up here, which ultimately ends up being this is kind of like, it's it's a ruse, right? It's not quite a false flag, but it is mm-hmm. like, it's not like genuine sort of like, you know, social discontent. It's being cultivated. Right. Is like, I'm glad because genuine discontent of this form wouldn't make a lot of sense. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, like. This reads more realistic to me than like actual people in the streets being like, ah, burn down the city because yeah, of yeah, the yeah. dragon there's, war ended. There's like, like a there's a faction here of of reactionaries. Um, so the other party of Alphano and Lucia, I can't remember. I think they have apprehended a suspect who was near the fires, uh, aforementioned fires. Thancred um, does a really, really, really good bluff on him, saying like, "Oh well, I mean, you're, you're <laughs> we already the, caught your boss. Yeah, your boss talked." So he's <laughs> like, "What? Fuck that guy!" <laughs> God, I, I'm I'm glad to have Thancred back. <laughs> if if I ever recruit someone to carry out crimes on my behalf, the first thing I'm going to tell them is like, "Don't don't believe them if they say that they got me." Seriously, <laughs> seriously. Um, what do you think of Thancred's new voice, by the way? 
I'm not sure it's a great fit. You it, sure? It, it'll grow on me. It sounds a little prissy. It sounds... <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure it'll grow on me. It, 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 caught, it caught me aback the first time I heard it. But, uh, I guess, yeah. I've gotten used to it. Um, that sounds typical. We then uh, share our findings with Lucia, and uh, we... We, we were met up with Lord Artoirel, who has come on his father's behalf to kind of help deal with Emmerich's wounds. And he observes that, like, Artoirel is also not good <laughs> right now. Um, turns out that there is some rumors between, uh, like, about his father oh, and yes. the, the untimely passing of Orchefant. And, like, something is going on in that. So it probably is weighing heavy on him, right? Yes. Um, I think it turns out then, like, do, do we go back there and... I mean, I mean what we find out, mm-hmm. like, so what we speculate is that between the various conservative religious factions, there's no shortage of parties who would like to see the status quo preserved. We say, are there any obvious suspects? Um, and, like, like you know, we're just trying to figure out, like, okay, well, who is doing this? Who has mm-hmm. the power to actually organize something? Because it's clearly is organized at this point. And that's when Emmerich sort of, like, bursts in and says that they've taken the hostage. Or, sorry. That's when Emmerich bursts in and says we got to move fast. Then mm. a guard bursts in after Emmerich bursts in and says that the hostages have seized. Uh, sorry, the people seized hostages. The hostages the have sieged the vault. The <laughs> six <laughs> refugees are just like someone has seized <laughs> hostages all, in the vault. They, they are uber refugi- refugees. Oh, uh, that's so funny. The uh, yes, so we we do have to uh, we learn about this faction a little bit more now. We got some intel. They, from this guard, they are the true brothers of the faith. They have seized control of the vault and they have taken the refugees hostage. Um, Emmerich's like, fuck that shit. So we have to do an armed assault. This is another moment where like, I really wish I understood what the Ashgardian faith was besides mm-hmm. just not liking dragons. Like there's just, there's a lot of times throughout this where I'm just like, what What does this church they, do? They what worship do- the fury. They worship one of the 12. That's basically it. And then they interpret whatever doctrine they have of her in their own fucking way. Worship of the 12 feels just, just, really just one, underdeveloped. Just one. just one of the 12. But but in general, like the pantheon of the 12 mm-hmm. and their relationship to the world feels really underdeveloped compared to like everything yeah. else we've gotten about this world at this point. I think so. I'm hoping we'll get some, like, I'm hoping especially as we get into um, Stormblood, which I, I know, I don't, I just know that it involves like, you know, the whole, oh, what's their name? What's the land they're from? Alamigo? Uh, it, it involves the Alamigo thing. I ho- I'm hoping it, it touches more on sort of their worship bit. of their god Maybe. Too. Okay. Maybe. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. So we got into the Basilica undetected, but the rebels figure out figure out that we're there because whatever. It's, it's a big open thing. They're like, eventually they're going to see us. Oh and my god. they're trying to kill the hostages. Fuck this duty this so duty hard. This duty was so annoying. This sucks so bad. Why is this church so big? The church is huge. You have to, yeah, you have to go around stopping all the people from and killing them. I went in as a sage, so I just healed the hostages when I could. <laughs> We're, but it's just, it it's was good. It's this giant church. I mean, we've done it before. This is the same yeah. thing we did for like the vault. But they're in like weird. But they're in like weird little places, right? Yeah, like, like they're hard to find. Mm-hmm. I failed it the first time because while well, Emmerich was fighting the one dude, I couldn't find the other hostages. <laughs> oh, that so sucks I, so bad. <laughs> And the thing is, like, even even if you get the hostages, then you run back to Emmerich. It's not like he heals up. He, you can get back to him. And he's like twenty percent health, and you're yeah. like, great, I got to finish this encounter and yeah, keep yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. alive. Well, uh, well, we we get through. We whatever, save we, the hostages, defeat the leader. Oh and my god! And then we we get to the top. Oh my god! This is so. <laughs> 
funny. This so, so scene I, is incredible. <laughs> I have to describe what happens here. The priest the has deacon. the last hostages, yeah. the deacon. He is holding this girl out over a ledge, like to threaten to throw her off, basically, if real we don't saint, back Real off. saintly behavior. Yes. We start to try and approach him. He gets this incredible grimace on his face. It's like it's like a shot of like a it's like a Junji Ito drawing. It's yeah. like this horrible like death mask. He throws this girl off this ledge, and then well, they have a bit of a spat, don't they? They have a bit they, of a spat. They kind, yes. of, they kind of just like this is you know, this is, yeah. this is not exactly what uh, Helene has in mind. It's like what do you fucking know, Dad Killer? <laughs> you killed your dad. You daddy. Dad, your dad's dead now, and your dad happened to be the Pope. You're the least, you're the least religious of all of us. <laughs> you can't judge me. And then he throws a girl off the side of the building. <laughs> and the way, the way these two shots cut together, it's like, oh god, it's like that scene so in the, good. it's like that scene in the Blues Brothers where the Illinois Nazis drive off the half-finished freeway, and then it cuts to the car falling like a hundred stories in the air, like above the John Hancock building. It's like he throws this girl off the ledge, and then we cut to a shot of her, and she's just falling from the sky. It's like she oh. got dropped from an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> that vault is huge. Haven't you seen how big that building is? It's I up there. I don't know where she's falling from. But she's falling vault. from high enough that Vidofnir can suddenly just swoop in and save her. Oh my god. And everyone is like, it's got in the way it like cuts down to the people being like, Oh my god, there's a girl falling. <laughs> it's melodrama at its finest. And it's just incredible. Ugh. I loved it. I love yes. that scene. Vidofnir catches the girl and then lands and the girl gets down mm-hmm. and Yeah, and she's like, um, am I interrupting something here? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I just came to give you the news. Uh Hersfelger wants to talk. Yeah, Hersfelger's all that's all good. We're we're down for peace. Are you guys down for peace? Or are you gonna keep throwing children off off of me? <laughs> Your churches. She is clear. She's like, look, Nidhogg's brood, they're off doing their own thing. I can't speak for them. Rest of the Dravanians, mm-hmm. we're ready to talk. Yeah. Um, and Elfino actually asks if Estanian is really lost to us. And she says, I don't know. I don't fucking know. My problem. So Emmerich kind of agrees and is like, thank you. Yes, please. God, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and and he kind of hopes it will do a lot to kind of change the opinions of the common Man, but Edmond is not quite so optimistic yet. Uh, I would say he is. He is more correct. Yeah. <laughs> this is not, uh, we, we are discovering how much of an idealist Emmerich is, which mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. It's a good, but it's, it's a good character trait. But it's not. Yeah, it's not the best. Well, um, and Edmond also says something else here, which is, I like this note for him, which is like, he'll support the push for peace with the dragons. But not if it means a civil war and more blood spilt and infighting among the Ashgardians. He's like, look, mm. if we're going to do this, it can't be causing more conflict that causes us to turn on each other. Like, you don't have, like, I'm not going to support you unless we figure out how to deal with this without us, like, kind of trying to kill each other in the streets. True. That's a great point. Um, so Vidafnir takes off and Yustela speaks to us privately regarding Thancred at that time, noticing a troubling change um in his in the flow of his ether um yeah it seems like he can't wield magic anymore he is magicless which would explain why he didn't just teleport back to the <laughs> yes. the, the revenant's toll this was a question i actually had and i did not expect it to get answered and then it came up here and i was like oh okay good they did they did explain why he didn't just use the giant crystal network <laughs> he can't um so that's neat 
So we make it back to Fort Tom Manor and we discuss recent events with Alfino and Tataru. The the children of the house, they they present us with a token of their gratitude, a Fort Tom shield. Yep, it, another shield. This it, one without a hole in it. No hole in this shield. Do you like, do you like your shield? Like it's, your new shield? It's a pretty cool shield. You put that shield in the glamour dresser and always have that shield. And always always show off. If you want. I don't know. Uh, it soon becomes clear that it was not uh, the only reason here because Artorial, Ar- Ar- sorry, Artorel, I just I just today learned how to pronounce his name after six years of pronouncing it wrong. So. I just reviewed it to Art. Yeah, Artie, Artie, Arthur, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger does tell us that he is planning on, I mean, like, that his dad is like, this is fucked. I probably shouldn't be the head of the house right now because I am embroiled in controversy. <laughs> Um, so our, and, and he says like, man, I always dreamed of this day, but not like this. And this sucks. <laughs> this now sucks. Actually, I'm dreading this. Oh man. But like, yeah, I guess a knight lives to serve to aid those in need. And so he follows to, he, he wants to do his half brother proud, um, which is really sweet. Well, it is. He does. He does almost consider like stepping down and being like the whole great house thing is based on a lie. Do I really want to perpetuate this? And then we talk him back into doing it out of like the notion of service. And it's yeah. like, okay, that's sweet. But also like, if I was there, I might've also been like, maybe you should step down. <laughs> maybe there should not be great houses. No, no. In the context of what's going on here, it's fine. Artorial. Artorial is going to do just fine. I think. Art Arthur. Um, and he yeah. asks us to be a brother to him as we were a brother to Harshafont, which is sweet. Right. Does that is that the last quest? It or, is, yes. Because yes. then we get the, a few ending sort of like visions, mm-hmm. or like we do well, in our character. It's the last quest of 3.1. Yes. Um, uh, we yes. flash to a great library. Uh, Oriange is reviewing a book. He's there with an Asian. They wanted to show him some like super cool magic stuff. And he's like very skeptical of it. He looked at it and he's like, what is this shit? <laughs> We we see a a, a a familiar foot of somebody who has a, a really long silver platform shoe. <laughs> so yeah, Rianje yeah, in talks with um, Elizabeth and Alize is kind of in a, like she's there. I think. I mean, it's, who else could that be? And then the final scene that we get is some kind of rebel camp in a cave where we finally see Ida and Papali. God damn it! <laughs> we finally see. Ida and Papalimo again. <laughs> they're running some organization called the Masks, and they're preparing to attack the Garleans. I think. Yes, they are. Good it for seems them. Like it seems like they are kind of otherwise occupied, and are unable to join us at the moment. Uh, that's almost. Is that all the signs accounted for, and except for one, right? Except I think so. Yeah. At this point. So we kind of. So the game is show, like our obviously our party doesn't know about Ida and Papalimo, but now we know. Uh, now I'm confident we're going to catch up with them before the end of this patch or end of this um, expansion rather mm-hmm. it would uh, so the next patch begins with the quest as it was once was we um, wait no what I think I yeah. copied that twice oh no okay nope, great as it once was is first okay great cool cool good job a lot of notes in order to cover more ground our comrades divide into two parties so we're gonna what the fuck how did it no wait yeah, no because Taro has, has she finally has news of, of Flamen Hori Boulder and yeah, this is not... I think I copied the wrong notes over. Yeah, you take this quest, because I think yes. I fucked up. Tadder has received notes of uh, Flamen, Hori Boulder, and Coltonet. Coltonet? Sure. 
Coltonet. You know those guys. They're um they're headed back to Limsa Lominsa now. Um, they they've, they've gotten the news that the science are not in hot water anymore. They got in the first boat back that they could. And then Thancred and Kryl also think they know where Minvilia is. Mm-hmm. So um, their theory is that in the same way that Highland kind of spoke with me as I uh, fled, they think that she probably intervened directly to save Minvilia too. And if she did, there's got to be some trace. So they're going to go back to the battlefield where I fought the Ultima weapon because yeah. Heidelin intervened to save me there. And she's like, well, we can figure out which, what's, what interventions look like, look for traces of them, and then see if we can track down Minfilia. So they're like, we're going to go do that. I'm like, great. I'm going to go meet the other guys at the port. Look at, look at Kryl actually going to do something. Mm-hmm. How cool it, is that? It's great for her. Kryl seems cool. I... Thus far, this game is two for two in terms of introducing cool women who then sacrifice themselves. So <laughs> I'm not going to get too attached yet, but <laughs> she seems cool. Good. <laughs> An astute observation. <laughs> um, yeah, they got to replace her. They got to <laughs> figure that out. Um, okay. So, yes, she. they do that. They have a really interesting conversation where, like, because Kryle's still new here, right? Um, once they are infiltrating the, um, once they're infiltrating the castrum, Kryle's like, "You're not just doing this to try and smash, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> which, like, like, which would have surprised me because no one in this game has like any sort of sexual desire for each other. It's something I've been noticing Except for more Thancred. and more. Thancred's the only only lecherous one. Um, yeah, so far. But yeah, he's like, no. So we finally get a little bit about Thancred's connection with Minfilia and the, the Gubu scene and the and the father. And that like that stuff actually did happen in one point Okay. If you want to see that cutscene, it's on YouTube. But like the thing that this made me do is this happened fifteen years ago. Uh-huh. So it made me go look up the characters' ages because I was like <laughs> Minfilia looks like twenty five. Thancred also looks 25. Like, <laughs> They all have white what, hair, so it's just like, how old are here? they? I don't know. Okay, so he's 32 and she's 27, so this happened when he was 17 and she was 12. That sort okay, of works. That makes sense. But, like, <laughs> but I, I was like, is he supposed to be like 40 years old? Like, what More like a, Yeah, he's like a big brother kind of figure. To what, okay, okay, that makes sense. That's but what I think. He um, then continued to watch over her as she grew into her power and became an inspiration for yeah. others. And, and then Kyle was like, well, Minfilia looked after me every single day and was like really sad about it. And I was like, why didn't they show him it? <laughs> why, why do they just keep, t- they still just keep talking about Minfilia's greatness and not showing anything? Oh, fucking Christ. Whatever. We only got one more quest. So, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. And also, we rendezvous with the folks on the boat, and then we oh, yeah. meet up with them, and we were like, let's all go back to the Rising Stones. Yay. And, and we're like, uh, where's Minfilia? Min- like, where's Minfilia? And she was like, I don't know. She's like, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> like, I don't fucking fuck off. I, she did that herself. We're like, looking. Sorry. So we're looking. Like, yeah, sorry about that. I'm just, it's my, you know, my daughter. Um, cool. Anyway. So the next quest is then Word of the Mother. Um, it was a success, this foray, but they, uh, so, and she has deduced that she was just taken deep into the ethereal sea. It, she's kind of like, there's a trail that goes off and um, doesn't go anywhere <laughs> from that. It doesn't come back out. So she's still just in there. So she's just in there and Kyle's like, well, there's only one place I know where to go. Um, there's a certain somebody who also can know. Yeah, it turns out the Charlians uh, really had a, a thing for everything. They mm-hmm. also built a thing called the Anti-Tower, which yes. is meant to monitor the Ethereal Sea. Absolutely. And, you know, who knows where the entrance is? 
Matoya. The custodian, Matoya. Yep, that was kind of her charge when they left. They're just kind of like, we're going to leave. Well, if you're going to stay here, you got to look over the anti-tower. And she's like, God, just go away. <laughs> Fine, whatever. <laughs> Last entrance is here in my cave. You can just go into it. You can go into it because I know you're not dicks. <laughs> and then she's like, look, Thancred and the big guy can go. Uh, the rest of you got to stay and help me out. And then, yeah, stay and help me out with because Thancred's useless. He's no magic. And then, and then, and you're still like, Thancred cannot go in. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> he will probably die. So it's just us, well, and our adventuring party, if that were so uh, great. This dungeon is very fun. Yeah, I'm going to read you the note I have here. I just have uh, in all caps. Yes, the anti-tower is a giant upside-down tower. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a great tower. Uh, we fight a boss called Ziggy. And, yeah. and his attack called his little his little uh, helper rocks called Stardust. Yes, we do fight that guy. We fight Ziggy Stardust, and we also um, fight the final boss, <laughs> Jerome. Yeah, Jerome. Yeah, what the fuck? Did you like that boss, Jerome? Did, what is this? Did you like? Did you did you like living through the conjuring? Six six conjurings. I, and that turned into a big naked mega conjuring. Is this the weirdest boss we have fought so far? <laughs> I don't know. That's up to you. Okay, okay. If you haven't <laughs> seen this dungeon, the boss of this is like six creepy dolls, like creepy like horror movie dolls. Yeah. They're like, they're like three feet tall, and you beat them all up, and then they merge into one giant naked horror movie doll that's like 12 feet tall. Yeah, and one of her things she does is she she grabs you and puts you in her doll closet and turns you into a doll. I got turned into a doll a couple times. <laughs> and your friends have to beat the shit out of you to undollify you. That boss rules. Uh, this boss is called Calcabrina, and it is a first... I'm going to pull up an image here for Alex. It is first introduced in Final Fantasy IV. Oh, okay. And it is okay, just as creepy there. It started out as six little dolls, and then it merges into a giant one. I'm trying to okay. find the SNES. That makes more sense. It makes more sense that it comes from that rather than that they just imagined that for this dungeon. <laughs> it is, in fact, a reference, but I think they were like, well, what can we use? What can we... <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Horrifying. <laughs> Love this. Oh, wow. What a good what a good boss. <laughs> cool. So we get, we're at the... Um, we're in this kind of room that's just sort of empty, and mm-hmm. suddenly here. our crystal of light. Yeah, here, feel think our crystal of light gets kind of uh, glowy because we are very close to the word of the mother. But the voice is a little different. Mm-hmm. Did you pick up? It wasn't different I, in the way that it was different before when we heard Heidelin briefly in Azus Law. No, it's not. Well, we, I didn't pick up on it immediately, but once mm-hmm. it becomes clear what's going on, I was like, oh, okay, that, that, that's, that's yeah. Clever. It's good. It's a good little detail. Um, we are we now basking in the light of the mother crystal in the ethereal sea. Uh, this voice welcomes us, but it's um, embodied by Minfilia. Yeah, embodied by Minfilia. She calls herself though not Minfilia. She calls herself the word of the mother, and she has kind of given she with her blessing of light being sort of the most in tune with with Heidelin, She has sort of become a vessel for her will made manifest. I guess. Um, and they tell us a nice story. They do. They tell us about the truth at the heart of the world. Yeah. What did you learn from this story? Well, that before there was life, in mm-hmm. the depths of the primal ethereal sea, light and dark used to be as one. Mm-hmm. But then uh, darkness coveted power, and so she, as the light, banished him to the distant heavens, bound in a moon. This is 
Oh, and oh, and the other thing also, which <laughs> I did pick up on this, I think. This caused barriers between worlds to waver, mm-hmm. and across 10 and 3, they were then divided, each yeah. possessed of a shard. Mm-hmm. Is this the... Is this the canon explanation of the other 13 Final Fantasy games? No. Oh, okay. No, that would be sick, but no. <laughs> because, like, the, th- the barrier between worlds thing had oh, me thinking, Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Oh, that'd be great. Okay. No, no, no. Just, but you did pick up on, I mean, they did use the number 14. Yes. Yes, for the... <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and what else? What else did you learn? Um... Oh, Zodiac longs to be made whole and his servants mm-hmm. will toil ceaselessly, so they will tear down barriers around the uh, the source of power. Each calamity, as it happens, moves them closer. Seven times they have succeeded and the darkness has grown stronger. This is the final... Ah! <coughs> she collapses. <laughs> she can no longer speak. The, the point is, like, this is the last cycle, right? Like, there's not going to be a ninth calamity. This is... <laughs> Mm. it's if the if the next calamity happens or the next encroachment of darkness succeeds then they're probably going to win they're going to get the they're going to get idolin zodiac returns etc etc i mean yeah every every he gets closer and closer i don't know if that's necessarily true um that that like the next one will just be the final one forever but like i mean obviously they keep getting worse um so yeah, I think you've got most of it right. Um, but like, what? Like, this is. I mean, this is a pretty important cutscene. Um, and I think, like, do you do you kind of? So you so like, I guess in general terms, I want to know like who like what now? What kind of questions did you maybe have before were now answered by this? I mean. Well, it answered some of the relationships mm-hmm. between, like, okay, I'm not certain that I got a lot of questions answered. Interesting. I, okay. I even have a note here that, like, before this particular plot line comes to a head, and I think it sounds like that happens in, like, Shadowbringers or whatever, I, I need the game to tell me what it means by light and darkness and power. There are terms that I need to get some philosophy attached to here or else this, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. But uh, what questions should I've gotten answered by this? Well, question? I mean, you kind of, now you kind of understand a little bit more about like the agenda of the Asians. Oh yes. Yeah. Sure. What, what actually happens when a calamity, like why calamities, you know, what are these things? Right. What, right. What, what is actually happening? Like when she fails, Right. I think a, pe- I a, a, a piece of Zodiac gets put back in, oh, okay. into the planet. Okay, okay, that is what is literally going on. Like, yeah, I like just, I just forcefully. Knew that, I just knew that. Okay, I just not knew that each time a calamity happened, the darkness grew more powerful. Well, and yeah, the defenses yeah, exactly. of the light weakened. So they say uh, to restore Zodiac to his former glory. Do the Asians ever labor? And each calamity marks a rejoining. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought there was like a metaphysical rejoining. I did not realize it was a literal rejoining. It's a literal rejoining. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> They've also been called, yeah, so from their perspective, a calamity is actually a rejoining. They've also been called ardor previously, but I think they've then settled on the terminology of rejoining from going from this point Got forward. It. So the light's so, down below and the dark's up above and the dark's trying to get back at the light down mm-hmm. below and so the dark is kind of slamming itself against the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very cosmic and very cool. Cool. I mean, yeah, that's a big, big lore, big... Oh, this as- makes the opening menu screen make more sense now. Yes. Oh, yeah, because Endwalker. <laughs> Sorry, Endwalker, not Shadowbringers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
It would be nice. Like I speaking of opening screens, there is a sec- segment to like let you see the old opening screens. But like when I set it to the old opening screens, they don't stay that way. Oh, weird. I was like, I want to be. I'm like in Heavensward right now. I want to see the old Heavensward opening screen. Also, the Heavensward opening music is like the best. <laughs> I, I haven't seen any of those, but now yeah, I want to go check back and it. Check you can, them out. you can, you can check the options in the title. Okay, moving forward, we still have, we still have a lot to cover. Um, Minfilia kind of disseparates, dis- and with the last of the crystal's energy, the big mother crystal, before um, she sends us back to Matoya's cave. We relay the news, and the team is a little bit distraught. <laughs> oh, yeah, Minfilia is not coming back. She's staying there as the avatar of Hydaelyn for now. Yep. Um, yeah, Alphino is just does not accept this right away. He kind of bargains. He's kind of, he's immediately moves to bargaining, and then Matoya is like, "Well, I mean, um, you just this is a war. People are going to die, and if you, she has a really." Good line. Something she along did this the lines for you of, and your cause. Yeah, to she, win a war, you must be willing to fight, kill, and die. The but, path you walk is paved with the dead. Walk with your eyes open, or not at all. Oh my God! You sent me this in Discord. Yeah. I had also written this line down. It's, it's a very good so line. So good line. <laughs> um, and Astrola's like, yeah, she's right. We need to go fuck up those Asians. Let's fuck up. That. Let's let's make it so that we live. Yeah. Um, right. Elfino still kind of grapples with it, but and Thancred is also not super pleased, but he kind of begrudgingly moves on. The next quest is this war of ours. Alphino intends to form, inform Tataru of Uri, and Uriange of Mephilia's fate, but he asks that we share no one, with no one else what we've learned, especially not Flamine. I'm going to call this a, fle- a questionable decision. Yeah, I think she I'm deserves like, to know. But. I think that's bullshit. Um, uh, but okay, we'll we'll do we do what he says, I guess, because we are his assistant forever. He then uh, states that we have more than earned a rest, only to just realize that we. Uh, Actually, actually, never mind. I got a DM from Emmerich saying that you should probably go talk to him. Um, so we do. Uh, okay, we got no details. Um, yeah, just em- so we meet Emmerich and he tells us that he um, wants us to be part of sort of the peace ceremony they're going to have with the dragons. Really quick here. He does highlight again how improbable it was that uh, that Vidofnir just swooped in right as that girl was falling, which combined with the really weird expression that man had as he threw her off doesn't have me entirely convinced something hinky wasn't going on there but Mm. i could be wrong about that (laughs) i suppose yeah i guess i I guess i guess those two kind of do (laughs) like you just say you you think he just put on a show of throwing the old girl off and he he was in cahoots with the dragons i'm well or like or like vidofnir temporarily like dominated his mind and threw the girl off so he could like rescue her and be like look at me (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't know <laughs> um, but he has made a formal arrangements for a peace conference in Falcon's Nest to be attended by the aforementioned dragon Vidofnir and by us, you know, it'd be nice. So we go and help out with that. Um, and yes, so we get, uh, we accept the invitation. Oh, I also, also before we go, he's like, Hey, also, do you want to get a drink later? <laughs> I need to interject here. Yeah. I think your sushi has arrived. Oh, fantastic. I tried to find a point where you can break the audio. Eating. That was it. That's fine. Why do they? Why do they call? I tell them not to call. Who knows? I don't know. I guess I don't know. It's fine. Every it's it's it's. I'm the privileged one. I think they just left it outside. Okay. Yeah, go get that. So you don't. Ooh, you're not eating like warm sushi in half an hour. Okay. Uh, Jerome has left to get his sushi from the door. I'm sure this will all get edited out later, but just in case it doesn't, 
I just wanted to say that I love each and every one of you. You're all very important to me. Oh, he's coming back. The sushi did not get left at the door. He's he's calling the delivery driver. He's gonna we're gonna see if he can pick it up. He just got a voicemail box. That's very confusing. Folks, if you could see the perplexed expression on his face right now, you'd be very entertained. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> Jesus. God damn it. Whatever. Okay. Oh god. Okay. Where were we? <laughs> I have to I don't know. I'll wait. Anyway, we got to we go to Falcon's Nest to meet with Lucia because she's running the conference. And yeah. all they made a mural to symbolize peace that they're going to unveil. Yes, um, but they are currently getting news that there are some convictors who are not super into this, and they're—I don't know—they refuse they're, to like, like not they refuse shoot at dragons. Orders, so they're like, "All right, we're going to set up a Fortomp camp so that they know that their superiors are whatever you know in charge of this, and that they have no say in anything whatsoever." <laughs> <sighs> so whatever, I guess. I guess we'll just go exercise our privilege. Can you watch over my little brother? He's kind of a shithead. <laughs> Sorry. So Amandaline is just, he's bored silly by guard duty. And he's like, hey, want to go help me take out care of some wolves out on the tundra? And yeah, we're like, I'll definitely be there. Sure. Okay. Like, oh, God. So, so we go out and take care of the wolves. Then we get back and we hear that Thancred was looking for us. So then he went out to like, you know, on the tundra. So then we go out and find him. And he's like, great, let's go back to Falcon's Nest and keep talking. And I was like, what the fuck was the point of any of that? Well, that was, uh, Amandaline is just, that's what happens when we deal with him. Um, yep. So... But he gives us tons of praise when we get back. Gallant heroes whose selfless sacrifice and the safety of the conference guests has been guaranteed. Yep. Um, piece of shit. So <laughs> then so we, he, he tells us, hey, we should go celebrate by uh, just go to the inn and grab, grab yourself a drink. So I got to say here. Yeah. We go into this inn. Mm-hmm. Immediately, I'm like, this is a weirdly high production cut scene for what is supposed to be me sitting down and eating some food. What's going on here? Oh, no. We've been here before. <laughs> I was like, wait, whoa, whoa. Like, the camera's, like, moving around. This is not like a – this is like a low-to-the-ground quality cut scene. And we – um, this is a nice server lady. She's like, hey, come on. Sit down. Eat. Here. Have this drink. It's on the house. We take a sip of the drink. Mm-hmm. And then at first I thought I was getting an echo vision because it does the head throb thing. And I grab it. Yeah, my, like, she my tells scalp. us about like, oh man, well, my dad, my, my husband died fighting these dragons. And I guess it's all going to come to an end now. Wouldn't that be a shame? Yeah. And, and then and I, just heard, I just, I heard about this. I'm just going to do my part. And she kind of looks over at her shoulder at us and we, we pass out. <laughs> we pass out. No, it turns out not an echo vision. We, she just drugged us. Just a little bit of rehypnol. Then we do get a vision after we've passed out. Um, we get a, a series of visions here, basically. It's her um, grieving at a cemetery for mm-hmm. her um, for her husband. A mother, maybe her mother-in-law, says that her son now walks in Helone's halls with the rest of his unit. Again, I'm like, God, how does the religion in this world work? Like, what do people believe? But they talk about how much they reject peace. They reject the future because those that they lost were the future, right? They've adopted sort of an almost nihilistic standpoint towards this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, not into this. And by the time we wake up, uh, there's a scene brewing out in Falcon's Nest where uh, she is kind of taking a, a stand here and said, like, these people are just going to move on without honoring our sacrifices. And they're just going to, like, make everything go to waste and fucking fuck that. Fuck the dragons. Well, yeah, they, they think that mm-hmm. they're, they're not interested in sort of peace because 
they don't think that they like they haven't had any emotional closure also they to be fair not without reason suspect the peace thing might be a trap they might mm. think that like emmerich's getting tricked and they're just gonna basically walk in and the dragons are gonna come in and slaughter everyone which if i was a dragon and i wanted to kill a bunch of people that's not a bad ruse mm-hmm. unfortunately we know they don't they don't want to kill us they yes. want to just torment us well they do want to kill some of us some of our families but you know um anyway the uh she's up yes. on the roof she's giving a dramatic speech she's and like madeline gives the order to one of his comrade or his his unit to stop her stop her and the archer's like uh okay, okay. <laughs> oh he is an archer and he does shoot an arrow into her, her arm. arm and he's like whoa <laughs> and then she's like look at them they shot me for dissenting this is this is this is what you want you're you're about to walk into it's either death by dragons or death by the high houses and then there's an arrow another arrow goes into her gut and a Madeline just stands there stupefied and he tries to blame the archer and the archer says you told me to do this <laughs> you told me to stop her so i did and the entire audience sort of turns and looks very slowly at Amanalan. <laughs> and I am honestly surprised violence did not break out then and there. Oh my God. When, when this ends and it's not like people are fighting in the streets, when it's like Amanalan retreated to the barracks and everyone's just kind of uneasy, I was like, wow, that could have gone way worse. <laughs> it still went pretty bad, but yes. Okay. No, so, so let's actually, let's take a few seconds to talk about this here because this is like, this is the game at its strongest while also still showing some of its limitations, I think. Maybe not strongest, but like, it can be strong in this way where I, I think it is sort of, it is accurately grasping at and grappling with the ways in which you don't just sort of end a thousand years of sort of cultural trauma overnight. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have a lot of very strong emotions and very strong sort of like th- things that have happened to them that they just aren't going to sweep under the rug and they aren't going to put away in the name of peace and like, and they're going to hold on to bitterness and anger and all of that. Yeah. I, th- I think that it gets all of that really right. And, and, it, and it gets the ways in which that sort of boils up into social discontent and and sort of like a refusal to consider the enemy as anything except the enemy. It, it, like, it does all that really well. And I think that that kind of comes to a head with with revealing that 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 these people uh, just, that they plotted this, that, that they weren't going to move on. And then also that these folks we're not being manipulated by the church, right? This is not the same thing that was going on inside the city where they were trying to like, this is not a power play against Emmerich. This is actual discontent around the idea of, of sort of like ending this dragon war without showing respect to the people who they lost or just generally sort of people who don't want to sort of move beyond the point in history that they're at. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. People are kind of stuck in the past, basically. This is the overarching theme. The one thing I'll say is... Well, there's two things here. The second one is a bit more relevant when we see Nidhogg again, but I think we can speak to it now, which is that, like, it's a little difficult to say that these people are wrong mm. when the foe that they're up against is a dragon who, in sort of the magical way that this whole world works, literally will never stop coming and just, like, is, like, seemingly unpersuadable and cannot be negotiated with and has this primal ultra ultra psychological drive to just torment people forever at that point i'm like maybe these folks are right like i don't know that we can just end this dragon war if that guy's never gonna stop at the same time though we can at least we need to the whole objective here is not to convince nidhogg it's to convince reisfelger sure like if we get reisfelger on our side this war will suddenly be over a lot faster 
that's true. It is. Yes, it is about sort of making that pact and like having a new ally. And demonstrating and like if keeping the Ishgardian people wanting peace will get Felger on our side, right? If the if the Ishgardian people suddenly become bloodthirsty again, then Nidhogg will win. It is, it is that sense of despair that would that kind of that that attitude that kind of keeps Felger from stopping from from bringing art bringing his claws against his brother right. yeah that makes sense yeah that that is correct i think yeah, yeah. the agenda is to get the other brood kind of on our side with talks of peace and if nidhogg's not willing to cooperate then then and then it's 2v1 yeah yeah the one other thing i'll say here really quick this is not specific to this game it's a thing that i see a lot of sort of fantasy media kind of run into i'm just gonna speak to it really quickly it does a good job of showing how conflicts like this build anger. It does a good job of showing how conflicts like this create grief. It doesn't do a great job of showing how that can kind of ferment into hate and the way that hate can become irrational and the way that hate can sort of let like, and I get why I get why, because, because showing hate on screen, showing hate in fiction can feel sort of like toxic or, um, or ugly in a way that like that if you make it about grief or you make it about anger, it becomes more palatable. So I'm not really holding that against that game, but it did, it did stand out to me here that like, if we're trying to do, I mean, what is quite frankly, sort of like a metaphorical or allegorical approach at some kind of like ethnic conflict, it's missing sort of that last transmutated step where stuff starts to get really ugly. But yeah. that's just a thing that I see a lot of sort of fiction run into and you know it, it's ultimately i think what they are doing here is working pretty effectively interesting interesting yeah let's move on we do have a lot to cover still <laughs> so Sorry, this is that was we, the big no bit. no it's important like it's really important but we just do we have a whole thing a whole tournament arc to cover you yes, ready we do okay we got once more a um not once more a favorite we got choices now well actually no we have consequences we have, for we have consequences right Forgot about this quest. I guess I didn't write it down. Uh, tell us about consequences. So we go check in on a Mandaline, and Lucia says the woman who got shot is still alive. Thank God. They don't know if she'll make it through the night, but they didn't like literally shoot her dead um, in front of everyone. Uh, Art, well, not Art. Art Artorel. Artorel is back, and he thinks that the people he went out to deal with were all part of this scheme mm-hmm. as well. They probably distracted them, that so was this per- yeah, well happened. Yeah, but the peace conference is still on. And uh, he says that a mandoline has to come and answer for his actions. But a mandoline's kind of crying in the corner. Like he's really yeah. distraught, kind of emotionally fragile. Mm-hmm. His big brother makes him. Um, and that's when we notice that his manservant is missing. Yeah. Which is odd because he's always at his side. So we rush out and we find uh, Honoroy. 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 We find Honoroy out front. He's been assaulted and knocked to the ground. He, he's... God, tried to get people to stay. He, he's such a cute little guy. Yeah. He just, he just, he, he's, he, just he really loves Manolan. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they they have a, a moment, and Manolan kind of loses his cool a little bit because he, um, is still in the mindset of blaming everyone else. Like, he didn't literally tell the archer to 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 shoot her, but like, what was the archer supposed to do, right? With that, and then order. like, and mm-hmm. then he's like, well, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> you know, he kind of has this like. This isn't my fault because nobody told me how to do everything, right? He is. It's not his best moment. It's not his best moment. And then but. he and then Thancred's like, well, fucking just make your choice and own up to the consequences and learn from it, dude. Just like grow a bit. And Amanda's <laughs> like, consequence this and punches Thancred in the face. And then Thancred is like, uh, no, and punches him back way, way harder. harder. 
it's like, he goes flying. And he's like, no. I mean, he marches off and says, you know nothing about me. Yeah, because like. I did. I did try my best. I tried my best to save people. And I fucking failed, you know, with Minfilia fresh on the mind. And Manline has a good line here where he, yeah. or a good line in the context of like the character they're giving him where he's like, look, don't the people want to live in peace? Don't they oh, want yeah. to be happy? And I have a note that says, I mean. I think some introspection is warranted here about like How why don't the people why don't the people believe that can happen? Mm-hmm. Why don't the people believe that peace and happiness are possible <laughs> given the mm-hmm. environment they have been raised in? That they want it, it's right there. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, exactly. But it's uh, it's really it's really good character development for Emmy here. Yes, because that brings us to choices. Choices. Uh, Tankard's like, I'm not waiting for that fucker. Just go, just go to Emmerich. You got more important shit to worry about. Um. So Emmerich gets the news that this did not go super good, but he's like, "Well, why don't we boost everyone's morale with a game, with a melee?" <laughs> he's one of those. He's just a camp counselor. <laughs> with like, all right, everyone, we're gonna play a name game. <laughs> can, can we do something really stupid in editing? What? Anytime anybody says melee, can we? Uh, Absolutely ins- not. <laughs> we can't insert. With no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You, y'all can y'all can insert it mentally in your head. I didn't even let you finish saying it, but you know what it was. Melee. Me- melee. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Emmerich wants to have a big sort of like melee demonstration between the Ashgardian forces and the combined forces of the other three nations of Eorzea under the idea that basically, hey, we throw our best against their best. If we win, everyone's spirits are up. We're reminded that we're one nation, one people, and we can do this thing. Also, do you want to do you want to help us out? Because I mean, we kind of have to win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he makes a request but he makes it in front of other people it's one of those requests where you can't really say no without and, like, looking all the like other a people huge are, of asshole. course are on the same side like yeah you should do it you should help us so i will say i find this plan a little questionable at this point but i i it could work we'll get into why it can't i don't understand why it works it's later it's fucking stupid is why <laughs> But like, okay, whatever. Like, the people could cheer. They could like see their yeah, their best and brightest get, fighting. It's going to be fantastic. Get a football match. It's good. It's good for the nationalism. It is. Thancred does point out. He's like, this is a bit ridiculous. And have you noticed how they rely on you for everything? <laughs> Again, he is correct. It's like, yeah, it's a bit much, but whatever. I'm here. <laughs> Lucy is also not sure of this plan. Hill is also not sure of this plan. Everyone's kind of like, uh, I don't know what Emmerich is thinking with this, but sure, I guess. Whatever. At least he's not starting his own grand company. Okay. That was not the worst plan. So here's our yeah, not the worst plan. <laughs> here's our turning point for Emmanuline is that his father basically conscripted conscripted him into being part of this. He said, My son's gonna be part of it, it's how he'll make it good on it. And we go find Emmanuline and he's like, Look, my entire life, you know, decisions have been made for me. I have not had any choices. I've had to live as the second son in this house. I have sure. had to do what I'm told, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't like that my father just told me I have to be part of this melee. I'm going to march up to Emmerich and I'm going to actually tell him that I want to volunteer for it. I'm going to take ownership of this decision and make it mine, not my dad's. Mm-hmm. Which, that's a good moment. It's a good moment. It's still just kind of like, well, yeah, I guess if you just do what's expected of you for a bit, eventually they'll stop telling you, hopefully, right? They'll be like, okay, eventually we trust you to make the right choice. Hopefully this is like the first step on a long road for this yeah. boy. That's poor boy. I feel, yeah, I feel for him. Right. Madeline busts in then and actually does it. And he 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 says, I'm going to be part of the melee. And I am I, please have me because I it was my questionable decision. 
that caused this unrest. I need to do this for my own sake as well as for the good of the people of Ishgard. And Mon, like, visibly is like, whoa. <laughs> whoa, who's who, this guy? Who are you? <laughs> and Emmerich's like, I would be honored. And that, that's it. The melee is on. Melee is on. The other Eorzean nations came back to us and they're like, yeah, okay, sure. This yeah. sounds fun. That sounds, sounds great. <laughs> okay. So we meet up with uh, the rest of our sort of crew out in front of the city where the melee is going to happen. Yes. Um, I wear the colors of House Fort Temp into battle. And then this is where the questionable plan really falls apart for yeah. me. Because there is no one watching this. <laughs> If it's meant in the middle inspire, of a barren snow and wrecking mountainside if it's meant to inspire the people of the city Just the like, audience for this is uh the leaders of the three Eorzean nations who are watching from a tower and nobody else and nobody else no security detail <laughs> somebody got that stabbing stool for nanamo though <laughs> i was like who get who got that for that was good they thought they thought ahead they, they thought, thought about they the, had the, the, they the had that girl. in her carriage <laughs> So, um the yeah it's like it's I, what i guess are people being broadcasted by link pearl or there's just like st- people go off to the side like and he's doing this now and this is happening like a baseball match like yeah exactly no it's, and there's a whole gameplay system here around mm-hmm. like accruing up to 100 points and some people are worth more points than others yeah and like the how the engagement unfolds and it's like mm-hmm. this is kind of a cool idea i asked you if this ever comes up again and you said no no <laughs> this never comes back i forgot about it this is weird this is weird as hell and a one-time thing and um so i tried my best i, w- I went into the studio stage as well and i tried my best to heal everyone to make it 100 to zero um but by the time you get to about 75 or whatever uh the or like 90 or something the eyes forcibly choose uh, the eye. The, the the tethers forcibly choose you and General Raban, right? After, hmm? after a cyclops shows up. Oh, right, 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 right. No, that was no. That's before the cyclops. We're about to get in the duel, and like that moment of oh. tension is totally ruined. Oh, you're right. Okay, by a cyclops showing up. Yes, they push <laughs> us. Then the cyclops shows up. Then Thancred punches it in the face really hard. And it's like runs off and is like, I'll take care of this. You keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So just absolutely uppercuts this giant cyclops. <laughs> and we're like, all right, that happened, I guess. Cool. Uh, anyway, so Raban then does a big wind attack on some soldiers who are trying to get him and then is completely, completely shuts down Emmerich as well, then creates a circle of fire around us. So it's just a 1v1 bro. And that at that point, it goes back to the duty and then... Because Raban knocked out those three people, the Eorzean Alliance had three points. I was like, damn it! I can't, I can't, oh, no. I can't get him to oh, zero. That's, that's actually really clever. I, it's so good that it tracks that. Yeah, I was like, hey! That's garbage. Uh, so yeah, then you have to you have to fight him down. And then like suddenly the like the Ishgardians just like literally can't kill anyone else while you're not there. Uh, so what surprised you to know that the first time I did this, I you died failed. and had to do the entire thing over again? <laughs> no, it would not surprise me one bit. Those uh, little sorty things in the ground. I was I did, did, oh, you not, did not catch in time. Them? I had to attack them. Oh. I'm, I'm learning about that stuff now. Yeah, I'm learning yeah, like, yeah, oh. Yeah. If there's a bunch of like things on the ground around the dude, attack them before the insta kill attack happens. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Uh, so the melee is won eventually, and you got your duel, and everyone's like, "Wow, that was a cool spectacle that eight of us saw." I'm sure that will inspire the entire country. <laughs> to, to go to war. Like, 
uh, the Warrior of Light was wearing the Ashgardian colors. Is something going on there? And he was like, oh, no, it's not a big deal. It's not It's not real. I'm just, it's, it's game colors. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just, that was my, sorry if that was offended, offensive. And she was like, well, I don't know. It's a pretty cool fight, I guess. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Didn't realize it was going to be rigged, but whatever. it's fine. I get it. After that melee happens, we are um, now moving on to the final quest, second to last quest, right? Um, yes. For those we can yet save. We return to the city and we walk in the gates mm-hmm. and it's just this empty plaza and Hilda like waves at us and then walks away. And it's like, there's, there's no parade. There's no celebration. There's again, no sign that anyone is aware of what just That's exactly how easy it is to get home after a sporting event, for sure. Just everyone can just, there's only a couple people there and it's not a complete clusterfuck. Anyway, Honoroy and Alphano and Edamon approach us. Um, Manolan talks to his manservant. Alphano and Edamon talk to us and we're like, hey, a lot has happened. Uh, we got, Edamon says, we got word of your victory by Chocobo. I was like, where were the Chocobos? <laughs> moving on. I didn't see any. We, can, we cannot get this hung up on this, but moving on. <laughs> So we go back to the falcon's nest, and um, there's a whole bunch of people there. Yes, like where were they for our grand melee? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> the thing. Because during the melee, I was like, well, maybe they couldn't show the crowd. The game can't render that many, like you know, empty screen at like once. Like two hundred people. It's yeah, like, what? Two, they could have been there. <laughs> two minutes later, it shows you a crowd of two hundred people. God, the melee's stupid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yes, but amidst the hubbub, we find our Lord Artuarel, who thanks us for looking after his younger brother. You know, in the melee. Judy calls and he leaves us and Alphano to wait for the conference to begin. Um, and the conference then begins. And Emmerich looks to Lucy and says, hey, um, I might go off script, but trust me. And she's just like, God, please, please don't improv. <laughs> All right, everyone. I'm the Lord Commander of the Temple Knights. Uh, could I get a suggestion of a relationship between two people? <laughs> Everyone's like, father and son. <laughs> Maybe one that doesn't sting so much. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Suddenly, Vidofnir arrives. Vidofnir does arrive. She's like, hello, it's me. I am, I'm Vidofnir, and I have a monologue for you. All right, goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, they, they talk before the crowd, and then he turns and talks to the crowd, and he speaks of the... The legacy of bloodshed, the lost ones who can't return to us, you know, the new course that we can choose now if we lay down vengeance. And, you know, the lady who was up on the roof and who got an arrow in the mm-hmm. arm, she's kind of, she's looking down and she's kind of crying and it's like, okay, the speech might be working. Maybe we can find a way to sort of, to heal this gap, to, to get people on board with giving peace a chance. The dream thus endures for, uh, not for very long though, because without warning, somebody's like, fuck that shit. And it's never. <laughs> Estinian leaps down from on high and the uh, the lance he is carrying goes directly into Vidofnir's nape. Yes. Kind of attack on Titan style. <laughs> just stabbed her. <laughs> uh, Emmerich tries to shoot him with an arrow and he stops the arrow with the evil red magic he now has. Uh, yes, his goopy, his goopy old god eyes, whatever, are writhing in his armor. Yes, he has. he literally has Nidhogg's eye embedded in his hand. It looks very gross. Yeah. And just going, it's kind of like it's kind of like that TikTok filter, you know, where it's like you could put it over someone and it makes their eyes dart like left and right. This sounds That's terrifying. It's really unsettling. They just look like 
you folks can't see this in the recording now. Oh, well, they know. They know this TikTok filter. I don't remember what it's called. It's like shifty eyes or something. I don't know. But yes, that the eyes are doing that in its armor. And it's like, oh. <laughs> Hearken unto me, all of you. The final chorus is nigh, and we will all be held to account, bathed in flames, retribution, yada, yada. None will escape the scourge, yada, yada. And he turns into, he turns into his dragon form and roars it. Everyone's like, holy shit. Nidhogg definitely feels out of step here. Like he mm-hmm. feels, it's like he definitely comes in and it's like, oh, here's the guy who who hasn't gotten any of the memos. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, no one invited you. She doesn't even go here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that terrifies the shit out of everyone. And again, his goal is not to kill everyone. His goal is to get everyone mad and perpetuate a war forever so that they suffer and their children suffer a, a, an npc whose name is disillusioned lord says yes. while he lives we'll never know peace yes which seems correct i mean I, again like we know the if we can do the race felger thing maybe we mm-hmm. can team up and conquer him but the point is nidhogg is always nidhogg's gonna keep being a problem yep 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 yep, yep. Uh, the wrathful shade declares that the final chorus of the dragon song war is nigh and all will soon answer for their stands he then throws his arms wide and with a roar transforms getting getting and he, and he just leaves pieces out. He's like, all right, bye. And then among the, the crowd, somebody starts chanting death to Nidhogg. Death to Nidhogg. Death to Nidhogg. So good. Oh, I loved that moment. And we turn over. We can't hear his voice, um, but we see that Sir Emmerich kind of has a very stoic face, and he says something as he looks up. Don't Don't know what it is. I think we'll find out. Maybe. Maybe we'll find out. Um, what do you think it was? I think it was probably kill that guy. I think yeah, like, probably just death to Nidhogg. <laughs> the conflict we're setting up here is it's like, like right, you know, that like Alpha Nidhogg, I guess. The conflict we're setting up here is that Alphano wants to find a way to save Astinian, and at this point, a lot of other guardians probably quite understandably are like, I mean, look, Astinian might be collateral damage. If, yeah. if he has to die to like stop Nidhogg, that might just have to happen. Even the idealist Emmerich might be on board. We're not sure, which is very interesting storytelling. We're like, uh-oh, did we just lose Emmerich? <laughs> is he part of the mob now? We don't know. Um, final then, quest is... Well, we find out that Vidofnir oh. isn't dead. She's oh, recovering. She's dead. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, she got stabbed through that neck. I'm. Yeah, she's a dragon. Causes and costs uh, is the final quest. So that like... Alphino uh, meets up with us. He said, and there's stuff he wants to say to us. Um, not, not to us as the warrior of light or a fellow scion, but to us, player. <laughs> it's his friend. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he is getting very personal uh, but it's like well this is a little too this is the wrong space to do so so let's just go to the intercessory that uh you know that nobody has taken over since Orshafont died <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's so funny like we, we go back to camp dragonhead we go back to the intercessory where we started the whole expansion mm-hmm. you know this is that's that's the first sort of real cutscene we had in this expansion cut, was meeting alphano yeah. in that room and he has his new resolve to like not just to save everyone but to like not just to like do whatever it takes to save the world, but actually to save his friend. <laughs> yes. To focus on like the people he cares about. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to sacrifice friends and family. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he is kind of in, in defiance of um, Matoya. He's like, no, fuck that. I care about the people I, I, I love and I, I'm going to work my ass off to save them. Even if everyone else just thinks it's a necessary evil. I don't think so. And uh, idealistic has still, he's still alpha, you know, yeah. He's still a very idealistic little boy. It's like, good for him, I think. Right, we'll yeah, see how this yeah, plays ma- out. Yeah. <laughs> they talk... Um, I think we even have, like, a meeting in The Forgotten Night, right? Where they're, like, trying to... Yeah, yeah. So so we finish the scene up. We get yeah. a couple flashbacks to the good moments we shared with Harshafont and Estinian. Yeah. And then we go back to the, the Forgotten Night to meet up with Tataru. 
Um, absolutely. And Kryle, I believe, is there too, right? And so yes. Elfin, I was like, okay. So Kryle and Ishtola looked at Istinian's soul or the Nidhogg soul, and they did see the will of another person in there. The abbreviation I've started using for uh, whatever their combined form is Estog. Okay, Estog um, is... So Istinian is in there somewhere, so there might be a way to rescue him possibly by just ripping the eyes out maybe and they're like i don't know no one's ever done that <laughs> no one's look, we've never had this situation before I mean, let's try it i guess if, if he's dead either way we might as well give it a shot yeah uh even ever the optimist tataru is still positive to us and like okay like we still we found minfilia we know where she is maybe she'll come back to us but and like Eden and Papalimo are still out there. She kind of reminds us to think about them. Right? The elation with which you reacted upon the Minfilia stuff oh makes me think that she's probably not coming back. Listen, I've been happy since she left. <laughs> I mean, do we even need her? We've got better Minfilia now. <laughs> we have Kryle. <laughs> and on that note, we get some final little cutscenes that sort of wrap up this patch. She's got... Kryle is like... <laughs> When we were talking about this stuff, Kyle's like, now don't jump to any conclusions, Alfino, but we did see somebody in there. So we could totally save him. I just said that the joke. Kyle, Kyle is Minfilia who does things and has personality on camera. Both of those things. That's all I've ever wanted. Oh, she's great. Anyway, yes, whatever. Minfilia is a ghost that lives with Heidelin and I couldn't be happier. She can stay there. Um, so our final cutscenes yeah. that we get, we, we get the camera swoops up to see, show us Axeboy watching us from a cliff, and then it swoops down to show Thancred watching Axeboy on a cliff watching us. And then it pans further back to show Alize watching Thancred from inside the ravine watching watching Axeboy from the cliff. That definitely and then happened. It, and then it pans further back to Elidibus on the moon watching Alize in a, in a ravine. And that's when it's revealed that Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV is actually the fifth Evangelion movie. Oh my God! Congratulations. So, the uh, that's I mean that's basically kind of it. We we resolve to find a way to save Astinian, and that's where this ends. What a fucking cliffhanger, though. <laughs> this yeah, scene seriously, like, was like so good. <laughs> <sighs> okay, I mean, oh, oh my, death to Nidhogg, I guess. Gotta go get our boy back. Holy shit. Uh, so the next episode, uh, before we get into our, our break stuff, I guess I'll just say, or our, our, our other fun stuff, I guess I'll just say that the next episode is going to be the conclusion of the Dragon Song War, so 8.3, as well as the Warring Triad quest line, um, okay. which will give us more, you know, more time with uh, Kryle and our, our, our buddy Urianger as well. Excellent. We've got some stuff going on there we so you find out what Ariane J is up to or is that kind of in no. parallel mm, mm, i don't think so maybe, okay. maybe. I don't know. he's he's skulking around he's doing his thing yeah, while also is, keeping up a normal of, life he's being a little suspicious uh cool so that's gonna be the next one um and before i mean before we go like at our, at our uh, as usual at the very end of our episode we, we got to get a word from our sponsors let's go to the market board all right well so this week i mean so, so Jerome, I know this year, for example, uh, you've been getting into like games like Guilty Gear Strive, right? I mean, I've been into that game for a couple of years. Oh, okay. It came out in 2020, I think. 
Okay. And point being is like, you know, you, you play hyper competitive games, right? You I'm play so games hyper. where every single millisecond counts. Yeah, I need every advantage I can get. You play games where you want you want your inputs to be like synced up to the clock cycle of your computer. That's how much the timing matters. Hmm. That's why That's specific. That's why you need the um the new uh, Sapphire Datamax Ultra USB cables from GameFruit. Okay. These USB cables are cobalt coated. Okay. The most ultra conductivity. Not cobalt again. <laughs> they they transmit data at you know at basically as close to the speed of light as it's possible to achieve using normal matter, and they will ensure that you know you get every possible edge that all of your inputs have zero latency. That, you, you know as soon as as soon as you think it, it happens on screen. What what is cobalt? Cobalt is, you know, it's a highly conductive and extremely valuable mineral that is, um, you know, produced very ethically. Mm. And to show how ethical they are, for every uh, Sapphire Datamax Ultra USB cable that you buy, they will also donate a Sapphire Datamax Ultra USB cable to a school, you know, um, in a poorer nation around the world. Oh. Yes, that's right. They're working to make sure that, you know, kids everywhere just have a, access just to high-performance po- gaming gear. Just a poorer nation? Yeah, you... <laughs> I, what do you what do you think that what do you think that means i mean you know places where there's like school building initiatives like you know mm. like malaysia or parts of africa southeast asia oh wow okay the kinds of places wow. that, you huh. know, just all these all these <laughs> i got you <laughs> i got you being a little <laughs> look i got you got you pushing a narrative maybe you didn't want to push <laughs> How about, I don't know, Mississippi, where they don't have running water? You know, you're right. So I'm sorry, yes. They also donate the cables to poor schools in Mississippi, and they also donate the cables to poor schools in Switzerland. Hell yeah. Good. Nice. Great. I'm glad. They, they, they donate to the poor schools everywhere. They have a dartboard, and they just has the, every sort of poor school in the world on it, and they throw it at random, and they get a, a high-quality high USB gaming Those cable. poor schools, they don't have quality USB gaming. Exactly. I can't believe how underprivileged they are. Can you believe all those kids out there just like, you know, playing with buffered inputs? Unbelievable. Anyway, so that's why uh, you can buy Sapphire Datamax Ultra USB cables at uh, GameFruit.de. You know, they're only like uh, $44.95 for mm. a three-foot, single three-foot cable. Mm-hmm. And uh, But if you apply code uh, StormBuds at checkout, you can get free shipping only in the EU. Do they do cobalt Wi-Fi? Uh, they do have um, Wi-Fi routers that have cobalt-laced antenna, which does improve data latency. Mm, mm, awesome, awesome. How about like cobalt Bluetooth? I, you know, I don't know if they do because Bluetooth is maintained by a separate company, and they don't mm. like they don't have the patents yet. Like cobalt tooth. Oh, I see the like, joke that you were making. No, they're not <laughs> cobalt. That. Cobalt Bluetooth. Yeah. That'd be very smart. <laughs> that would be good brand synergy, but I don't think they've gotten there yet. <laughs> Oh wow! Well, thank you so much uh, to that company for sponsoring this <laughs> game fruit. Game fruit <laughs> for for giving us money to shill their product. Um, I think with that, you know, we definitely have enough support to keep this podcast going forever, forever. That, they gave us a, that was a big check. Absolutely, that was a huge check. I'm just you know, I'd like to be. Like, with their audience. There were seven zeros on that check. Seven zeros and no other numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were leading zeros. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My goodness. Okay, well...
What uh, other housekeeping uh, do we have for today? I don't, I, I'm good. Oh, I want to share everyone the good news. We have um, we have a, a Stormblood's free comp Stormblood's so Stormblood's free company on our server Lamia. We're now free company rank ten, and we have uh, our house. We were able to we last we lasted for thirty days, um, and we were able to bid on a, a small plot in Imperium. Come Imperium, come say hi if you're on Lamia or visiting. We're um, Ward Two Plot four that's our address you can come say hi to us if we're online or something i don't know just add us as friends um i can't buy a room yet because i haven't finished all the hunting stuff for my grand company <laughs> i was working through that's that so bit. funny <laughs> yeah you got to do that i was working i got the first one i done. forgot <laughs> i haven't i mean obviously i did them forever ago yeah yeah you have to do those i got the first one done i'm gonna do the second one done this week yeah I, yeah I, I did take advantage of the break also to like level up my red mage to level sixty, do some various random side and, quests. I mean, yeah, you start can, some of the faction you stuff. have you have permission to just decorate, use whatever decorations you've come across to just put them in there. That's what that's what our senior bud did to our house currently. I didn't do that. I'm gonna. Oh, you didn't do that. I did most. I did the outside. Okay, yes. I didn't do the inside. <laughs> well, last time I checked, our interior decor was a single jukebox and a bar in the basement. So, <laughs> it's a whole bunch of carbuncle stuff there and some catfish. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go in there and i'm gonna move some stuff around yeah absolutely feel free uh anyway that's uh but with that just being said yeah if you if you want to join just hit us up we'll let you in i'm not, not too picky just don't don't fucking spoil the game for alex <laughs> it's like the big rule <laughs> tell me everything um with that being said honestly i'm ready to head out so born from buds storm of buds We've been the storm butts, baby. Good evening. Fuck that shit.